0: Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I pray you are empowered to walk in the fullness of your God design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. So Father, we just thank you and we give back to you what you first gave to us. The very breath that we breathe, God, we just give it back to you. Day and night, night and day, God. May we be a people of prayer that never step away. God of the power of praise and just worshiping you. And all the people said, amen. All right. Well, I wanna start by saying this. and this may mean nothing to some of you. You guys can go sit down if you want, or you can stand, whatever you, I'm not, let the Holy Spirit guide you, okay? Um, let me say this, I am working on a, a YouTube series on the difference between the glory and the anointing, and in a nutshell, the glory is, is the person of God, and the anointing is when we begin to feel the presence of God. Um, and, and it's basically kind of teaching on the difference between the glory and the anointing and how the glory is kind of like the parent and the anointing is the child that comes forth from the glory. And I say all that to tell you that I don't know if, and maybe it's just me, I kind of got the shakes a little bit right now, like the Holy Spirit shakes, you got that? Like when we came in as one, it was like when you have everybody carrying a little match of fire and you bring it into one giant bonfire and the energy begins to move. I don't know if anybody else felt that in the room, but if you did, that was the anointing of the Lord, and the anointing moves when we're in touch, and we're, when we're in touch, or we're touching the person or the character or the nature of God. And so that was just a real quick teaching for you guys. Tonight, we're going to be talking about cultivating your purpose. So Pastor Turner's been doing an entire series on purpose. We've talked about... Um, that you have purpose, that you need to know you have purpose, and then how to uh, discover your purpose. And tonight we're gonna be talking about my, my book that I wrote was Enforcing Purpose. And Pastor Turner was like, I want you to talk on enforcing purpose. How do we enforce our purpose? And that's really, really great, um, but I also want to be aware that I'm talking to a group of students, and let's be honest, some of you are still kind of discovering your purpose. You're not really sure, what am I enforcing here? So tonight I'm going to kind of shift the message a little bit, and we're going to talk about how do I cultivate my purpose? How do I how do I recognize, first and foremost, like Pastor Turner talked about, I have a purpose, but then how do I begin to kind of stir that up, and how do I cultivate that? Now, one of the things I want you to remember is purposes of your heart. Everybody touch. Your heart, everybody touch your heart, say, Purpose is in my heart. Okay, now everybody touch your eyes and say, Vision is in my eyes. Okay, because we hear a lot about purpose and we hear a lot about vision, but we're talking about what's in your heart through this series. So we're talking about really cultivating the why, what, your why is a part of you. Um, and so we've talked about all of that. So let's talk about why purpose is important. I want to share with you the very first place in scripture where we see purpose being given where we see purpose being given, and that is in Genesis 2.15. So if you look up here, you'll see it says, then the Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and to keep it. So God makes man, and the very first thing he does is he gives him a purpose. Now, how many of you know God is the master gardener? I feel like Adam potentially might have messed up what God could have perfected. Yet God invited... Adam to tend the garden. Now, did God need Adam to tend the garden? No, God didn't need Adam to tend the garden, but Adam needed purpose. And God knew Adam needed purpose. And here's why. That purpose is what gave Adam a reason to get out of bed every day it gave him unction it gave him passion it gave him a sense of satisfaction a sense of fulfillment at crazy eight ministries we work with people who don't have jobs they're homeless and one of the biggest challenges that we have is to stir up a passion for something because they don't feel any sense of purpose because they don't have a work to do and god knew adam needs a work he needs to have a purpose so that he can live his life feeling a sense of satisfaction. So purpose is important to us because it fulfills us and it gives us satisfaction. It's also important to us because his purpose gave him ownership here on earth. now this is a big thing because God has given you authority when he said stand on the earth, subdue it, have dominion. I'm giving you ownership and your purpose is your stewardship here on earth. It is what God has given you to own a particular thing that he has called you to do. For you it's one thing, for you it's another But it's that place where you begin to feel a sense of ownership in your life. And you get to take that stewardship and run with it and own your days and own your destiny. So two reasons we see that purpose is important. One, it gives us passion. It gives us a sense of satisfaction. There's a fulfillment there. And two, it gives us ownership while we're here on earth. So like Adam, God has positioned you for a specific purpose as well. And your purpose is your sense of ownership here on earth. It is your stewardship here on earth. And without it, you will feel empty. You will feel useless. You will struggle to know your worth. You will struggle, struggle to feel value because it's in your purpose that you find satisfaction and fulfillment. Now, this is why the enemy does not want you to step into your purpose because without it, you will feel empty, you will feel void you will feel lack, you will feel useless, you will feel not valuable, you will feel worthless. Come on, am I talking to anybody in this room? Because one of the things that we deal with on a regular basis are teenagers who struggle with depression and I know that the Bible says without a vision, people will perish. Meaning I lose my unction, I lose my desire, I lose the the want to get out of bed when I can't see anything in my future. And purpose is something that transcends yourself. It's the thing that thrusts you into your future. It gives you that forward lean and gives you a hope for the days to come. In Proverbs 31, it says that the woman laughs at the days to come. And I'd like to propose that that's true for men as well, right? When we're living in the fullness of our purpose, we look at our future and we laugh at the days to come. Because we have a passion at what is laid ahead of us. It's purpose. It's purpose. So this is one of the biggest reasons why it's important that you at your age already begin to cultivate your purpose. I want you to take this seriously because it's the number one way that you can guard yourself against anxiety, that you can guard yourself against depression, that you can guard yourself against suicidal tendencies. You can guard yourself against addiction. You can guard yourself against decisions that go against what is best for you when you have a purpose that you are cultivating in your life. Look, you don't need to know what it is. All you need to know is you have one and you're cultivating it. You're on the hunt for your purpose and you are going to stir it up and you will not be deterred from that. I want you to be tenacious for that. So how do we start the process of cultivating our purpose? I'm going to give you three points tonight because I'm supposed to be teaching and not preaching. I'll pause. I can laugh at my own jokes. That's okay. All right. So number one, be intentional to dream. Be intentional to dream. Now, I would like to propose to you that we have lost, in some regard, our ability to dream. And some of it is because Hollywood, TikTok, everything does it for us. And so we're being fed other people's dreams. And we have lost the art of cultivating our imagination and dreaming with God. And I want you to be intentional to dream with God. I want you to be okay daydreaming. Now, when I talk about daydreaming, I'm talking about an intentional daydream. An intentional navigation to be dreaming very intentionally. It's different than mind wandering. So when I talk about being intentional to dream, I'm saying sit with the Holy Spirit. Ask God to begin to show you things that you would not know. In Jeremiah 33.3, 3, he says, if you seek me with your whole heart, I will be found and I will show you great unsearchable things. What is he talking about? He's talking about things that he has in mind for you. He's talking about things that you otherwise wouldn't find, things that you otherwise wouldn't discover unless you sit in his presence and say, God, would you write on the imagination tablet of my mind? Look, I want you to recognize that your imagination is like a scroll. And I almost want you to visualize because I do this. I visualize sometimes, God, I need a solution for this. And so I'm going to roll out the scroll of my imagination and I'm going to sit. And I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, to write. Show me great unsearchable things, things that my mind cannot comprehend, but can only be revealed in the spirit. Be intentional to dream with God. Dreams are the substance of your purpose. They reflect the desire of your heart. They reflect, look, there are hints of who you are in your dreams. There are hints of who you are becoming in your dreams. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 19, as in water, face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Meaning when I take time to say, God, show me. Hell, show me what's in my heart. Show me the deepest desires in my heart. I want to see who I am going to become. There is not one person in this room that you cannot tell me that you haven't sat in your bed at night and sometimes dreamed lofty things, visualized yourself doing amazing things, hitting that last minute shot, standing on a stage and singing, leading worship to thousands, speaking in an arena to thousands, whatever it is, finding a cure for cancer, whatever it is. That is a gift of God that he's given to you. He's already put into your heart what he has planned for you. He knows the end from the beginning. That's what scripture says. So there are hints of who you are becoming in your dreams. That's why it's so important that you're intentional to dream and you hold on to your dreams. The phrase to dream in the Bible means, this is interesting, and adults, I want you to hear me in the room. To dream means to be healthy to be strong and to restore your health. I would like to propose to you that when you lose your dream, your, your, your health begins to wane. Now, he's like, Wayne, what does that mean? Wayne, it begins to uh, not be good. I don't, I, boy, somebody give me a synonym for Wayne. All right, so it means that when you've lost, when you have a dream, you have, it brings energy and it brings health to your body. It gives you that passion. And when you lose a dream, that's why it says, to dream means to be healthy, to be strong, and to restore your health. To bind firmly, it also means to, the the primitive root is to bind firmly, and to bind firmly, look, listen, implies that something is deeply rooted and firmly bound inside of you. It suggests that to have a dream is to attach yourself to an imagination. Now I'm getting this straight from Genesis 37 where it talks about how Joseph had a dream and he was bound to that dream. He attached himself to that dream. He talked about it. He thought about it. He told his brothers about it. He told his parents about it. And he had this dream in his heart. And in that dream, there was a hint of his purpose. Now he didn't know it at the time, but you and I know the end of the story. And that is Joseph's ultimate purpose was to rescue his family in a time of famine. But years before that ever came to pass, there were hints of that purpose in his dreams. So one, I want you to be intentional to dream. Two, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do. Somebody, some versions say it is the wellspring of life. Everything you do flows out from your heart. Now, I know sometimes the heart gets a bad rap. People misquote scriptures or they quote a portion of a scripture and not the whole thing in context. And they think the heart is deceitfully wicked. But God says he's taken out of us a stony heart and he's put into us a fleshy heart. God says that he's woven a purpose, a passion, and a design in our heart, that the original creation of man was designed as good. And so we must guard our heart because your heart is your point of passion, and passion is your energy for your purpose. I'm going to say that again. Your heart is your point of passion, and passion is the energy for your purpose, It's what keeps you motivated, keeps you moving forward. We hear the phrase all the time, love what you do, do what you love. Love what you do, do what you love. Nobody wants to do what they don't love because then it's hard. It's a hard work. But the Bible says if I yoke myself to the Lord, if I discover my passion and my purpose in him, then the yoke of the Lord is easy and his burden is light. That means I can work hard, but it's not hard work because it's connected to who I am, it's fit to who I am, it fits my personality. I don't have to, it's not difficult for me to bust through, but it's just easy because yoking yourself with the Lord, guarding what's in your heart is an easy fit to who you are. But there is a conspiracy to steal your dreams. So you must guard your heart. Remember Joseph, I told you that story? He tells his brothers of his dreams and he comes walking along and they're like, here comes that dreamer and literally in the bible look it up genesis 37 don't let me feed you truth find it out for yourself genesis 37 they said we'll see what becomes of his dreams and they conspired to steal him and to kill him and this is a picture of the enemy and his con- and how he is conspiring From the minute you begin to discover your dreams, the minute you begin to communicate your dreams to somebody, there is nothing, when you have a big lofty dream and you share it with somebody, how many of you guys shared something kind of really big, hairy and audacious and they're like, "Hmm, okay, cool, right? Yeah, and that sucks because sometimes the people close to us, closest to us, like our own brothers and sisters in Christ, wasn't it the people that were closest to Joseph? that laughed at his dreams and set out to conspire and steal it. And the enemy will use people in your life to steal your dreams, which is why you must guard your heart. You must guard your heart. From the minute you get a glimpse of your purpose, the enemy will start to steal it. John 10, says, says the thief comes only, only one purpose, only one purpose he is here, to steal, kill, and destroy. And God says, I have come that you would have life and you would have it to the full. Meaning I've come that you would come into salvation, you would discover who you are, but that fullness is you'll discover what your work is. That you will enjoy not just who you are, but you'll enjoy what you do all the days of your life. You do understand that it was a part of the curse that work became hard. Because when Adam first tended to the ground, to the garden, it wasn't hard work. It was a part of the curse that his work became hard. And we've been redeemed, and when we connect ourselves to the Lord and we connect ourselves to Jesus, we connect ourselves to the Holy Spirit, then the tending of the ground that God has given us to do becomes delightful. It becomes easy. It becomes a passion of our life, and we love what we do and we do what we love. That's what we're talking about here. So how do you guard your heart? First of all, talk to God about what's in your heart. Y'all, these are so simple. Keep it simple. How many of you guys talk to God about what's in your heart? God, this is what I'd really love to do someday. I visualize myself. And he's like, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, girl, I know. Yeah, yeah, my son, I know. He already knows. But have a conversation with God about what's in your heart. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you desire. Don't worry if you're like, oh, I don't know if this is my flesh or if this. He'll work all that out. Just have a conversation with him. Just have the conversation with God about what's going on in your heart. Two, write about what's in your heart. I don't know if you journal, if you don't journal. Some people are like, I'm not a journal. I'm like, well, you are today. Because when you start to write things, it becomes real. You can't unwrite it. Write it in pen, right? So I, got, I have a friend who's like, oh, I hate these purpose sheets because once I write it, I can't unwrite it. Once I know it, I can't unknow it. Once I say it, I can't unsay it, right? Because it sort of begins a path on faith. It begins to manifest what's in your heart on a piece of paper, and it begins to put um, evidence to what's in your heart and what's in your mind. It's in some regard saying, okay, God, this is what's in my heart and I'm gonna put it on paper because I believe you for what's in my heart. Some of you are getting really nervous in the room right now because you've had a dream string in your heart like, oh my gosh, that would be the next step. That would be the next step. And, I, and there's conflict, there's internal tension. I can feel it coming from the left side of the room and I'm telling you, take that next step. Whatever it is God's showing you in your heart, Write it down. Take that step of faith. Number three, keep away from paths that don't benefit your dreams. All right, let's just keep it real here for a moment. We're talking about guarding our heart. Relationships, choices, the classes that you choose to take, some of it just makes sense. Like if 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 I'm on a path to become a speaker, I'm not gonna take a culinary class in school. Okay, that makes sense to me. But sometimes we make decisions that don't make sense to who we are. If you know that you want to grow up and you want to live a wholesome life and you want to be a powerful impact, you want to be a missionary, it wouldn't make sense that you would try to smoke weed. Let's just keep it real. If you know that someday you want to get married and you want to keep yourself pure, it wouldn't make sense that you would be alone in your room with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. That doesn't make sense. Keep away from paths that don't benefit your dream. But if you are intentional to dream on a daily basis and start writing some of those dreams down, it will be so in front of your face, when that decision comes, you'll be like, ooh, I can choose this or I can choose this. You're gonna have to ask yourself on a daily basis, is this decision a liability or an asset to my dream? Is this decision a liability or an asset to my dream? Nobody can guard your heart except for you. God already did it on the cross. So quit crying out to him to do for you what you have the authority to do for yourself. You've gotta really start making that decision, every decision you make. Is this relationship a liability or an asset to my design? Let's just keep it real. This is how you guard your heart. That's a whole nother message for a whole nother night. But you've gotta start really being very intentional with every decision that you make. Finally, delight yourself in the Lord. This is gonna tickle some adults in the room and I just know it is. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, four. How do we delight ourselves in God? I was asking myself this earlier. I was like, what does that mean? What does that really look like? I'm kind of a, what does it look like, girl? I wanna see an example played out. Like, cause I like to demonstrate things, right? Cause sometimes we tell people what to do and they're like, okay, yeah, it's like, Here's an algebra equation, and here's how you do it. But until you start really seeing it done over and over again, you don't really get it, right? So I want to know what things look like. How do we delight ourselves in the Lord? So I went and was sitting in my car earlier, and I was like, I'm just going to look up the Hebrew word for the word delight. Listen to this. To delight, because to me, I'm like, I'm delighting in a donut. I'm delighting in ice cream, like yummy, yummy. It's just, it's delightful to me, right? It makes me feel good. That's what I think the word delight means. That's not what it means, Here's what it means. It means to be soft, delicate, or dainty. To be pampered, or gentlemen, to make sport of. So what does that mean? It means to be soft, pliable, or moldable in the presence of the Lord. Meaning, I'm gonna delight myself in God by surrendering, sitting. I'm gonna be soft in His presence. I'm gonna be pliable. I'm going to practice him. I'm going to allow him to mold and navigate and direct my life. That's what it means to delight yourself in the Lord. And there's a promise in this verse that says, if you delight yourself in me, if you sit in my presence and you just let yourself be soft, moldable, pliable to my hand, allow me to guide and navigate your heart, I will give you the desires of your heart. Now, how many of you know what the desires of your heart are? Let's be honest. I'm like, what is the desire of my heart? When I was starting ministry, somebody asked me that question, and I thought I was having an identity crisis because I didn't know how to. I was like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like 40 years old, and I don't know what the desire of my heart is, you know. And so the Lord was like, just keep delighting in me, and I will navigate your heart. I will show you great unsearchable things. A lot of us don't even know what's in our heart, and that's okay. Okay. Because God says, all you need to do is surrender and submit yourself to me. And I will reveal to you what I've had in mind for you all along. Don't stress it if you don't know. I don't know what I'm going to pick in college. I don't know what I'm going to do. That's okay. I'm 48 years old and I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. But I know and I know that I know on a daily basis I am delighting myself in God. I don't care where it takes me. I don't care if it takes me nowhere. I don't care because I'm fat and happy in the anointing. I can celebrate all by myself. I don't need your likes. I don't care. And so it says here, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Listen, your deepest seated desires are found as you delight yourself in God, meaning sit in his presence. It's a tough question for many of us to discover what we love. What makes you tick? What ticks you off? I say that all the time. What makes you tick? What ticks you off? But the more you discover God, the more you will discover you. But the problem is you're often delighting yourself in things, people, ventures, more than you're delighting yourself in God, meaning I've surrendered to, come on, let's just keep it real. I've just kind of surrendered to TikTok. TikTok gets to mold my mind. Or I've just surrendered to this person, and they get to tell me how to live my, or I've surrendered to, like, we've, we've become soft and pliable to our culture. Can we just be honest? I said we, y'all. I'm not saying you, we. I, I struggle with this too. I'm just as human as you are. I haven't outgrown my humanness, okay? I know sometimes it looks like it, but I haven't. But we are soft. We've become soft and pliable. We've become delicate and dainty to the culture. And we're being impressed by the things around us instead of being impressed by God within us. That's what we're talking about. How do I discover my purpose? How do I stir it up, delight yourself in the Lord? Your identity is not found in this world. It's found in your heart. And as you surrender your life to the hand of God, as you allow yourself to be moldable and pliable in every decision, you will discover who you are and what your purpose is. But your job for today is to start cultivating that. How do we do that? What did I say? Who can tell me point number one? Anybody? Shout it out. Dream. Be intentional to dream. Number two was guard your heart. Number three was delight yourself in the Lord. One more time. Ready? One, be intentional to dream. Two, what was two? Guard your heart. What was three? I'm gonna do them one more time because I want you guys to get this. If If you walk away from here and you don't know how to cultivate your, I didn't tell you to find your purpose, I just said start cultivating it. Number one, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dream. Number two, I'm gonna, and number three, I'm gonna delight myself in the Lord. All right, Father, I just bless every single one of these students right now in the name of Jesus. We agree with you, God, we have purpose. We agree with you first and foremost that we are designed with purpose. And, God, we agree with you that our purpose is fit to who you've designed us to be, that our purpose is not hard. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would stir up every word that you desire to stir up that was spoken tonight, even while they're sleeping, and that you would begin to ignite the fire within them and that they would, above all else, guard their heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to click subscribe so you can catch each episode every month. I want you to walk in your fullness. For more information about other services and resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. You can also find me on YouTube by searching Lisa Schwartz LLC. I look forward to connecting with you. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you.